Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi guys, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian, parent educator, and mom. And this is the Meaningful Living Podcast here to make parenthood and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. We bring on all our favorite experts and friends and answer all your questions and ours to break it all down into the simple and reliable tools, tricks, and answers. We get into the real side of it, parenthood, relationships, you name it. So join us every Monday at Meaningful Living, that's meaningful with two L's, for conversations that will leave you feeling way more confident. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and today I'm joined by Kayleen Holden, who's our director of content at Career Contessa, to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, money, specifically some benefits that are more valuable at times than your own salary and can be easier to also negotiate. We also have a very exciting announcement, so stay tuned for that. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Today, we're talking about employee benefits besides salary that you should negotiate because these things really add up. And oftentimes you will have an easier time negotiating them over a salary. You'll understand by the end of this episode why we're always encouraging you to consider your entire compensation package and not just your salary. To help us discuss employee benefits, I've invited Career Contessa's content director, Kayleen Holden, to the show. For those of you who don't know Kayleen from previous episodes, she is the mastermind behind everything you read on Career Contessa, from the blog posts, the emails, et cetera. And now she's the expert on employee benefits, and she recently wrote an article. Kayleen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. It's (laughs) been a while. Yes, it has. (laughs) So before we get into the benefits talk, I think we should probably acknowledge the tease that we made in the title of this episode, which is that we have a big, exciting announcement, which is our latest project at Career Contessa. And Kayleen, I definitely think you deserve the honor of sharing the news. Yeah. So we've been like slightly kind of teasing this in emails and on Instagram and things like that. But we're super excited to share that we've launched a partner brand of Career Contessa called The Salary Project. Many of you probably have heard of our anonymous salary database, which is goes by the same name, The Salary Project. So it's been so popular that we really wanted to create a space that's totally dedicated to all things salary. So that's where we got the idea to create The Salary Project, which can be found at thesalaryproject.com. So you can visit that site anytime to find dedicated articles and resources 
related to all things salary, like salary negotiation email templates, salary calculators, the highest paying jobs that you can pursue without a degree. And we're rolling out more and more every week. Yeah, we've been wanting to launch a partner website for a really long time. And but we were sort of unsure of like, what would that partner brand be? And seeing this deep need and help related to salary topics really seemed like a natural fit, especially because we've had this anonymous salary database that if you guys haven't used already, you should absolutely do it. If you just go to careercontested.com, you'll see it up in the top right-hand corner, but you can also now just go to thesalaryproject.com. And not only will you be able to access this free database, which shows you real people's salaries and kind of gives you your own personalized report, but now we're going to be rolling out specific content. So the goal here is that hopefully everyone starts to make more money, manage their money to keep more of it in their pockets, all of that good stuff. So we'll link to all of that in the show notes. But for now, I want to talk about some other really good thing, which is employee benefits. So Kayleen, can we start with explaining what are employee benefits and what are some that are like employers have to offer? Okay, so we all do get employee benefits. And part of the reason is because federally, every employer has to provide benefits. So some of the included benefits that every employer federally has to provide are time off to vote, time off to participate in jury duty, though there's a time limit on that, as we recently learned, or to perform military service, adherence to workers' compensation requirements and laws, and to pay state and federal unemployment taxes, and compliance with the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act, FMLA, which, I mean, this is a whole other podcast episode, but it's not that great. So anyway, those are the those are the base ones that everyone has to offer. And then there's, for companies that are a little larger, they have to usually adhere to, to other laws that usually include like health benefits, things like that. And then they differ state to state. We couldn't even possibly begin to cover that because every state's different. But if you look at your state employee websites, you'll be able to find what what is mandated in your state that your employer would have to cover. But as the workplace gets more and more competitive, employers are trying to offer more and more to entice employees to come not only work at their company, but hopefully stay with their company. Yeah. I think too, when, when we think of employee benefits, traditionally people think of health benefits, retirement benefits, but I mean, they, they have gotten so unique. I've seen like pet insurance, you know, (laughs) is like a benefit. Obviously with COVID we saw one of the benefits was that was becoming kind of popular was offering like employee wellness plans or, you know, some sort of credit for that. So I guess, why do benefits matter? I mean, obviously they add to your bottom line, right? Because it's not, I think a lot of times people think about salary and benefits, but maybe they're not totally sure like, hey, benefits are just as important to negotiate or to review really closely. And so can we talk a little bit about why benefits matter? Sure. So I think we all get fixated on on the salary number. It's, you know, that's, that's what people ask. Well, what did you make at your last job? But there's so much more that goes into that. And actually, your benefits typically make up about 30% of your entire compensation package. So that is that's a huge, huge amount of money. And while you can say that packages include things like, like your basic things, even the basic things like health insurance, dental, vision, those can be so different from person to person. There's a huge difference between working for a company that's going to cover 100% of your health benefits and, and offer you top tier healthcare than one that's going to offer you health benefits, but cover none of it, or maybe like 20% of it or something like that, or a company that's going to cover your whole family if you have, if you're married and have kids. So these things like make a huge, huge difference. And I think 
it's a combination of things. It's, it's the excitement of getting a job. It's, it's, it's that fixation on the salary number that we don't, we, we hear medical and we like that just becomes like background noise. And we don't even pay too much attention to that. We get so fixated on the, the dollar amount. We should be talking about the, the difference you can make in your salary by negotiating. I think this is the thing we'll talk about the most. Your health benefits is far and away so much more than you could make any do- in any dollar amount. Yeah. I also, I know we said this in the intro, but a lot of times, especially if a company is unwilling to budge on salary, I find that people, to your points, like background noise, they're like, oh, the benefits are what they are. But hopefully we're going to bring some awareness to the fact that you can negotiate your benefits and make sure you have that as an option and you you don't ignore that as a conversation. So I know you have a lot of really good points. So let's jump into the five valuable employee benefits that you should negotiate today, starting with number one, Kayleen. Okay. So number one is we've already teased is health benefits. So Okay. So I guess basically let's say like bottom line here that you're negotiating your benefits because your salary is not going to budge at all. And you've already discussed that ad nauseum with your potential employer or, or your current employer where you're looking for a raise and they're not going to be able to do it. So you're saying, okay, well, I want my health benefits to be better. If you're a current employee, you're already going to have a lot of information about what your health plan looks like. So you're already better equipped. You know, you know the plans that are offered, you know how much your employer's covering, you know, you know a lot. You also know like if you were to be laid off or if you were to leave what your COBRA benefits are, which are like your continuation of benefits. So these are all things that you'll you can basically prepare to negotiate in the case that your salary is inflexible. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a new job, some I mean, I feel like I see this less and less, but it definitely was and Lauren, you could tell me what your experience is with this. Back in the day, I feel like the start dates were always like way later, way later. Is I don't know if that's still true, but I think it probably depends on the company. When I worked for smaller companies, it was like you didn't get health benefits until like three months into the job. But when I worked at like a big company, you got it on day one. So I I think company size obviously depends Mm -hmm. a lot on this too, partially because the way health benefits are sort of like sold and packaged to a company does depend on the number of employees and stuff. So anyway, the it's not, this isn't as black and white and we are definitely not, not health insurance experts, but to your point, yeah, I do feel like back in the day being told your health coverage wouldn't start for a little while was a little bit more typical. And I don't see that as much, but to your point, it can still happen. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing as a new employee that you could negotiate is coverage start date. Like you want it to start day one because, well, the other huge thing that's changed in the last 10 years is that everyone has to have insurance. So you don't want to be, mm-hmm. you don't want to be uncovered and you don't want to pay out of pocket for a personal, a personal policy. So that's, that's one that's right off the bat. If they're not offering it right away, see if you can get that date moved up. And again, as you're looking at your compensation package at a new place, it's, it's knowing, it's asking about what are the health plans that are offered? Like, what can you actually access? How much is going to be? covered what what does that monthly cost actually look like cuz that's going to impact your salary so much yeah are you going to be the primary policy holder and are you going to be covering your family that that will have a huge impact on your monthly salary too i think we a lot of us will be like health insurance is included great but it's like okay but what health insurance is included like what can i get and it's i mean if you want to go down a <laughs> a wormhole of health insurance it's the the ppo versus hmo what are the doctors in your area who will be in your network things like that if you already have a if you already have a policy and you want to keep it that might be something that you 
potentially can either negotiate or see what how your plan can kind of like morph into a new plan, things like that. Yeah. I've seen people do that. Like if you're less than 26, you can stay on your parents' health plan. And so sometimes they'll try to negotiate. They'll be like, I'm going to stay on their health plan because their health plan might be better. And then they try to negotiate that benefit into salary or something. I mean, again, at a big company, you probably you can't do that as much, but I've definitely heard that one too. I mean, that's, I'm sure a company would, (laughs) that's like a a win-lose because they'll, yeah, there's also like a ticking time clock. They're like, yeah, 26, you're out of here, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) So the other one you talked about, and just to bring some clarity to this, when you guys are looking at your health benefits, see how much your company will actually cover. That's Kayleen's biggest point here because some employers will cover maybe a hundred percent of your monthly coverage and some will only cover a certain percent. And so you're actually pay- you from your paycheck every month, you're paying a certain amount out. So again, all these things, you know, you can, you can try to negotiate the percentage that they're going to cover, right? That's, yeah. that's absolutely an option. And that'll have a way larger impact on your paycheck than, you know, getting your salary up to like 10% or something like that. Cause you're talking about potentially hundreds of dollars a month that you could be either getting on your paycheck or that you'll be having to take out your paycheck to cover your employee-sponsored health plan, but not fully employer-covered. Okay. So the second benefit we want to talk about is what? Stock options. Lori, you're going to have to help me with this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I understand stock options, but not entirely. But so most stock options... Some companies offer it, some don't. So basically that's your first question is, are there stock options? I'd say in a lot of startup scenarios, especially when you're like, you know, employee five, employee 35, stock options are going to be maybe a bigger part of your compensation package because it could potentially be huge for some people. I mean, you've heard success stories of like, you know, employee eight at Twitter or something like that. And they're now billionaires and they're on a yacht somewhere right now. (laughs) (laughs) So your first, first question is, do you have them? Second question is probably, is there a standard scale? So basically, some companies already have it set up so that, you know, your C-level executives get X amount, middle management gets X amount, entry level gets X amount. And it's like, potentially that's very rigid and is not going to change. Potentially you can negotiate that, but that's another follow-up question. And then another question you could ask about stock options is, so basically what usually happens is, and Lauren, this is where you can fact check me. is most stock options happen on a four-year vesting schedule with a one-year cliff. Basically, that means you get promised these stocks and you get nothing if you leave before one year. But if every year in those four years, 25% of them get basically like unlocked, like you unlock level two after two years. So by level f- by your fourth year, your four-year an- work anniversary, all of your stock options are matured or vested. Vested. And you can have mm-hmm. them. Even if you leave, you can have the option of buying them and still have them. I think too, with stock options, so to your point, the first question is, do they offer it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, and a lot of this depends on company size because notoriously small startups will offer you more equity or stock options and probably a lower salary. So you have to always take into account like, even when you're applying for jobs like that, I always tell people like, take that into account because if you have a life that requires... X amount of cash flow because you've got all these responsibilities, like taking that more quote unquote risky startup job that's like, hey, we're going to pay you less, but we'll give you more stock options. But you have no, I mean, you have to have a lot of faith that that company is going to, you know, 
pan out, right? There's been people who take the job at the startup and then the startup doesn't get additional funding. And then the next thing they know, those stock options are worth nothing. But I, I think this is one of those benefits where again, people just sort of take it at face value. And it's like you, I can't even tell you how many times as a recruiter, we had discussions about this and you know, it's complicated. It's very complicated stuff. And so I think whenever something's complicated, like health insurance or stock options, people just are like, I don't even know enough to be able to discuss it. And one thing I just want to point out is like, even for the recruiters and the hiring managers, sometimes it's challenging. And so always talk about, don't ever feel like just because you're not an expert in like the language that's used around this, that you can't that you can't ask more follow-up questions or that like, if you ask too many follow-up questions, they're going to be like, this person clearly doesn't know what they're talking about. Absolutely ask these questions and get clarity on it because it is a big education piece. But I always think it's very empowering to truly understand that too. So stock options, you guys that, you know, don't forget that if your company offers it, that can be a huge piece of your overall compensation and a benefit that you are earning by your hard work and your loyalty and, you know, staying there. Yes. You usually, there is like a little bit of a quote unquote golden handcuff piece to it, but they can be extremely lucrative, you know? And then there are times where people join a company and the stock maybe goes down, you know, but I guess the comment we're trying to make is that that can be just as valuable, if not more valuable than your salary. So do not ignore it. Another point with both with both health insurance and stock options and, and really everything we're going to talk about is in any sort of job offer situation, no hiring manager should be making you make this decision on the spot. So at, at worst, they can send over some paperwork and you could do your own research and you can figure things out and you could come back and say, well, listen, I looked over. I looked over the health coverage and this was what would really make sense for me and would make me happy and make everything work out well. And same with options, same same with anything. This is where I see the value in it. You could do your own. Yeah. Okay. So number three is flexibility. Let's talk about that. Flexibility. I mean, this is the, this is the big one. This is, (laughs) this is what everyone's talking about. This to me personally, I think flexibility is like number one, the most valuable thing. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Can you attach a dollar amount to it? Maybe, maybe not. By a guess, I could definitely attach one. Yeah, I was going to say, somebody's doing like a data analysis of this going to figure that out. But yeah, I mean. (laughs) But flexibility can include anything from, you know, from being able to work from home one day a week to be able to work when it suits you to be able to to enact a hybrid schedule where you're coming in when it makes sense for you. For you to work, you know, if, if you're a night owl and you work best from, 6 p.m. to 2 p.m. The days of the week, the hours you work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you're working from. Like if if this summer is slow and you like to go visit your family, then does it matter that you're in the office? It's things like this. And this is becoming more and more important. And this is what we've been talking about for two and a half years. And now it's feeling weird. And like, so I feel like it's like really important to keep the steam rolling on these because from my perspective, for our position, for what we do, I feel flexibility is actually really great. And I think for a lot of people, it is. And for a lot of people, it actually makes their work better. It helps retention. It helps with employee happiness. It helps with so many things. And there's so many like different ways you could look at flexibility. It's also things like not, I mean, I've been seeing these like TikToks and things about like employees that are downloading apps that'll like jiggle your mouse every, (laughs) every like five or 10 minutes so that it looks like you're active. It's, It's things like that. It's, it's not, it's not having to download the mouse jiggling app because like you are getting your work done, but is it 
Is it? It's like being upfront about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't have to hide it. I also think too, with flexibility, I've seen some people negotiating for four day work weeks, or maybe they want a four day work week during a summer or something like that. That's another thing. If you actually consider how big of a difference flexibility actually does make to your compensation, let's just pretend that you're able to get your whole job done instead of in 40 hours, you're able to get it done in 30 hours. That's actually an incredible pay raise when you think about it Mm -hmm. too. So something also to think about is when you're negotiating for flexibility, you are getting your time back. I'm not saying that you then need to use that free time to go out and make money in other ways. I, I don't believe that necessarily, but if you wanted to, you could, but there are plenty of people who also will say, okay, I, you know, having a four day work week is like getting an instant pay raise or, you know, salary increase. And now I can spend that time doing something else and time is money and your time is the most valuable asset you have. So I, I couldn't agree more with that. I know Reshma Sajani talked a lot about that on one of our past podcast episodes that like, Hey, you're, especially when you're negotiating for a new job right now, you have this like upper hand to be talking about that and asking about it. And to your point, Kayleen, this used to be like, like the elephant in the room. And now it's not, it's so nice that it's been normalized. And I would say just like, again, don't be afraid to bring that up and to get creative with the schedule. Okay. So number four on your list is spending slash reimbursement. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So again, this is, this is honestly, these could be even like small things that just make life easier. It's, it's things like gas reimbursements. If you're working from home, maybe like internet reimbursement, cell phone reimbursement, Things that just are like signifiers from the employer to the employee that they're like, I know you're spending money on X. We want to show you that we noticed that. And here's, you know, here's a hundred dollars a month to get lunch or, or parking. Yeah. Or parking or for your bus pass or for your train pass or to like revamp your home office. Like I've seen like crazy ones that are actually. Or childcare. I mean, I think that's another one that people are going to start negotiating for more is, you know, I work from home. I, or it doesn't even have to be work from home. Like just that my childcare is X amount per month. And, and I have to have childcare to do my job. And so I would like to see if you guys would be open to a reimbursement or a stipend or something like that. And that is definitely becoming more and more common. I, think that one's fantastic. Essentially you can ask for anything. They, you know, I, I think one of the things I would say is like, be thoughtful about what you're asking for too, because I think it's better to get one or two things that matter a lot to you than asking for, you know, 10, we, we had a podcast about negotiation. That was one of the tips. The woman was like trying to move to New York and wanted this thing and that thing. And the coach told her like, you know, when you ask for like 10 different things, it overwhelms people. When you ask for one or two big things, that's like easier to digest. So, you know, also just be aware that when you're asking for like, especially stuff like this, maybe you don't care about the small ticket items because getting one Mm -hmm. big ticket item is actually the goal here. So make a list and then prioritize it and then start there too. Because obviously I would start with childcare, but then like, if you don't have a child, but maybe I remember I had a job where they didn't pay for our parking, but we had to park on campus and it was a hundred dollars a month that I had to pay for because there was nowhere you could park for free. So I always felt, and then I got another job where we had to park in the underground parking garage and they paid for it. And I was like, well, that makes sense because Mm -hmm. you're forcing me to park here. So you know, those little things do add up too. Lord, I, I like, I only didn't include childcare here because I was like, I will go off and this will just go off the rails for like hours. And hours. 
Yeah, don't. Kaylee and I have a couple of topics that we'll have to save for just like a rant podcast. Uh, but I mean, I would like to see, I would like to see more of that. Let's put it this way. When someone says something like, well, don't kids go to preschool? And you're like, preschool is private. Like meaning like people are also very uneducated, I think on the costs of just childcare and what happens. But again, this is like, I gotta, I gotta wheel this in. Otherwise it's going to turn into a rant. Okay. This is all, this is everything that we're talking about. And and it goes, the article does go deeper into the childcare things and, and what's available and what, what you can ask for. And I just, I just knew that I couldn't, couldn't be Or, you it. know, the other thing I would say about childcare is like, I have a friend who works at a company where they offer like onsite childcare, but the wait list to get in is like 10 years. So that's another good question to ask instead of assuming like when they put it in the offer letter, like, okay, hot tip there. Yeah. Okay. So the last one on our list is continued learning. So talk about that benefit. I mean, if you follow Career Contessa at all, <laughs> you know, this is like our number one thing. It's continued learning is anything from like courses for, for career development. It's like, it's, it's looking towards, right. You're getting hired for a marketing associate position and you one day want to be a marketing director. So it's like, okay, it's like making that list of things that you need to master before then. And, and making sure that the company is going to help you, help you learn those things, help you grow. And, and hopefully the thing is, I think, retention actually becomes better when they're providing those resources in-house. It's, it's, it's showing like a, a real investment in not just like monetarily, but in skills building and, and things like that. It's, it's a huge investment in the person's actual career and their skills and in their yeah. know-how. And I think that's huge. And I think don't forget about tuition reimbursement. Mm-hmm. I also worked at a company, well, it was for a university, but you could take I remember I enrolled in my master's program when I worked there and they would cover one class per semester. So did I, you know, it took me, you know, three years versus one year to finish the master's. But when you think about it, that was a huge benefit that I was getting and yes, monetarily. And so it was like way more valuable than any raise I could have gotten. Right. Because I was able to basically earn a master's with that tuition reimbursement. So depending on what your goals are too. So like I knew I didn't want to stay in that job forever. And so I was like, well, while I'm here, I should work on a master's because <laughs> I had nothing not? else. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, why not? No, but I, to, and I have a friend right now, he's working for a media company and they're paying for, he's getting his online MBA. Again, like sometimes you have to take things a little differently. So that's another thing to look into is like, think about your career goals are you feeling skills? So you want reimbursement for like online courses and like joining certain programs or what about formal tuition reimbursement? And like, are there strings attached to that? Like you have to go back to the company if you do it. And then also there's just like everyday stuff like, Hey, will they give you an hour or two hours every week to work on your career development? However you want, whether that's networking, having listen to a podcast? Will they pay for subscriptions to industry expertise via like a newsletter or website or pay for you to go to a conference, right? Where you can do some real networking. So there's obviously a ton of different options for this, but can you, one of the things I would consider negotiating if they don't have anything like that is maybe a stipend. Like, can we agree on a, you know, whatever the dollar amount is after you do some research on what type of learning would be a really good fit for your goals? Like what's a reasonable quote unquote allowance for that? And could you negotiate that into your, you know, overall package? So 
These are all great benefits to consider. And I know Kayleen, you put over, so the, the article that I'll put in the show notes for everybody, there's actually 25 benefits. So, you know, you'll want to go to the article to check out the rest of these, which again, we're talking about benefits that can be equal to, or even more valuable than your salary. It's all on our new website, which is the salaryproject.com, which hopefully we're going to be sharing more and more. Don't forget to check that out. Kayleen, any last final notes that you learned about benefits or opinions you have about benefits? <laughs> the only thing I will say is like a closer is because I meant to mention this at the top is none of these benefits are like, you know, ping pong tables and like and happy hour social events with your coworkers. These are like real benefits that like, they're not the the trick you into staying at work kind of benefits. These are benefits that actually will benefit you and your life and your career development and your family. Hopefully like for real, it's not kombucha yeah. on tap. It's like health. Insurance. It's funny how those used to be like really cool benefits. And then later on, everyone was like, wait a minute, this just <laughs> means I stay at work all the wait, time and I never leave, you know, here? like, yeah. yeah. Like, why do they want to like nap? The here? tables have turned so much on this. It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's really good to leave work. You guys, it's really good to have boundaries and even better if you can have a decent salary and some benefits. And also we didn't talk about this, but just some, one last thing to take into account is the pre-tax piece of all this stuff. Right. So like, again, you guys can learn about this also in the article, but your post-tax dollars and your pre-tax dollars. This took me way too long to understand. And now that I understand it, I'm like gun-ho about it. So anyway, we'll link to the article in the show notes. Check out our partner brand, thesalaryproject.com and let us know what you guys think. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contested Podcast. Please remember to rate and review our show. And if you have some burning money or salary questions, send them our way. You can DM us on at Career Contessa on Instagram or email us info at careercontessa.com because we will be looking for more content ideas to add to our new website, thesalaryproject.com. And don't forget, we put all of those links in the show notes as well.